Welcome, everybody, to our second stay-at-home kind of episode of the Easy Sports Podcast. I'm Zach Freeman, always with my good friend Ethan Spring, and today, since there's still not much sports going on in the news, I mean, now there's a now the NFL starting to ramp up again after the uh, after the schedule was released, the draft happened. So there's been some action on that front, but today, as we bring Ethan in, we're most, mostly going to focus on hockey and basketball with uh, with their contingency plans, whether we think the season's going to continue, uh, and what their plan should be for a season next year. So Ethan, just want to start off, do you think hockey and basketball are coming back to finish their season? Firstly, I just want to say hi to everyone. Hope that their stay at home is okay and everyone's getting through it. Uh, not too much going on with me, just Fortnite and some work. That's about it. Doc, man, I know everything's all good with you at home. Yeah, everything's pretty good. I mean, you know, you can only spend so much time with your family. <laughs> That's what I've found. I, I get that. And if anyone has any suggestions or anything that they would like us to talk about, or honestly, if anyone just wants to talk basketball every now or then, give we're, us a look, shout. Look, we're we need always, stuff. We need though. stuff to do right now. That's yeah. That's that's the truth of it. We just need something to do. So uh, we need we need any form of content. I was pretty excited that the NFL released their schedule today. That was like one of the best sports things to happen in the last couple of weeks. Well, that and we got what's it called? That and we got. Tiger and Phil and Brady and Manning coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, that'll be fun. No, like for me, I, li- I like to watch golf, so that'll be. I know Broadkin's definitely fired up for that yeah. one. Shout out Broadkin. Yeah, shout out to Broadkin. Broadkin did a nice poll for all his friends on Instagram yesterday about who's the greatest basketball player of all time, and it ran very much according to popular opinion. Yeah, there no, was a couple no, questions. No, no surprises, really, except that, you know, Kobe beat Duncan was one of them. I think I think it was Kobe beating Wilt was one of them. Which no, was, wasn't it Shaq versus Wilt, maybe? I think it was Shaq and Duncan. Oh, it was, you're right. And, and Kobe and Wilt, which is pretty criminal that Kobe obviously, rest in peace, but, and Wilt, I guess, rest in peace as well, but... Kobe should not be on top of wealth. Yeah, Dev, I mean, like, you and I have been both very vocal about our top tens. Yeah. But, that, but that's besides the point. Right now, we got to talk about the continuation or early conclusion of hockey and basketball this year. Oh, yeah, okay. So this is what I think is going to happen. Obviously, there's a lot of variables that are going to come in with this. We have to see, you know what states are allowing, how many people they're allowing to gather. Obviously, it depends on the sport. Like, for example, with basketball, you only have 16 teams making the playoffs, and there's only 15 players per team with a couple of staff, a couple of trainers, a couple of coaches. So you probably have around 20 low-end 20s guys per team. There's only 16 teams. So that's around maybe just under 400 people in total you need for the whole basketball thing. But then when you get into other sports like hockey and football especially is the big one. I'll I'll talk about football a little bit more. There's like – how many is it? 53 people on a football roster? Well, you have to – and preseason, it's 70. Exactly. So there's there's like 
there's pro and then you have a ton of trainers obviously because the dangers of football and then all the coaches for all the specific positions you're probably getting up to well, we don't talk about preseason but regular season there's probably somewhere around 75 people per team well that's also the, that's also the funny thing about you know how athletes get around you think about how hockey players and basketball players they have their like own team planes and those team planes are like spacious because they all have those jumbo jets now for every team and like football players it's just like a regular plane but because <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's at least a hundred people to, well not a hundred people during the regular season but 80 85 people on a plane mm-hmm. obviously it's not a commercial jetliner but it's still quite the amount of people compared to yeah 20 people i mean that's why i guess you know sometimes uh you see some of the local media getting to fly on fly on the team plane which is which is pretty cool in that respect but um for me i think the biggest challenge and it can be easily maneuvered but for basketball but i think for hockey it's a lot more relevant is that we've got so many teams north of the border here and Mm -hmm. so it would be fine if travel had to be regulated to domestic but when you're going between countries that's when you're kind of required to have that isolation period and i know Mm -hmm. that i know that they've been having discussions about how to get sporting events working in toronto but right now i just don't see how you can be constantly crossing the border in this time like maybe yeah coming the fall months you'll be able to with a little more ease but right now I don't see any way that we can cross the border. No, I agree with you. I know that they were, uh, Gary Bettman was talking about a couple places for the NHL to play. I know Toronto was one of them and Columbus was another one that they said. But even so, I just I just don't know how you do it, especially if there are teams playing in Toronto and there are teams playing in Columbus, how you're going to be able to do travel internationally and do that. Like, it just seem, it seems tough. In hockey, the same thing with football. There's more players in, in on a hockey team than a basketball team, and there's more trainers as well. So I just think it's it's a lot more of a hurdle for the hockey players. Well, what I Definitely. actually what I actually liked the idea of was when they released when they released that like Disney World was like an ideal was like a potential spot they wanted to continue the NBA season. I was like. That kind of makes sense because Disney World is this huge resort where you can isolate everyone who's involved. And they can be away from society. So, God forbid, if there were a second outbreak among the NBA community, one, they'd be isolated from everyone else. They wouldn't be in their respective cities and they wouldn't be traveling all over the place going through airports. They'd all be in one centralized spot. But I also just like the idea that everyone needs to be in one place. I don't think you can do the two-city idea like you were mentioning. Because it's just, A, it's logistically not going to work. You can't, do, you, don't, you can't do it with just like one arena that's NHL-sized. I mean, you have a few here in Toronto that are NHL-sized. They just don't have the fan capacity. And fan capacity doesn't really matter at this point. But it's just, for me, it's, I find it difficult, like, I find it difficult to continue any kind of regular season. If you want to find out a contingency plan for the playoffs, that's fine with me. And I mentioned to you a couple days ago, this is the best season to try a play-in tournament instead of continuing a regular season. This is the best tournament. This is the best year to try that play-in tournament style. And I actually saw an article today that the NHL is considering 
a 24-team playoff, a 24-team playoff with best-of-three play-in series. Yeah, no, so that would be really interesting, and I completely agree with your point that I don't know how it's possible. When you look at the NBA teams that are going and playing at Disney, they have the space, and they don't have that many people for basketball teams. It's possible, and... Also, in the NBA, a lot of the NHL teams are upset because the standings are a lot closer. Like, I know that the Panthers are just outside of the playoffs right now, but they have games in hand. So if you don't play those extra games and even it, even it out, there are teams that aren't going to get in that very well could deserve to get in. And then when you go look at basketball, I think that's not really a hurdle for them because when you go look at the standings, the Wizards are five and a half games back of the Magic for the eighth seed. I don't see them coming back with that. It, I just don't think it's possible. And then when you get to the West, it's a bit more interesting. The Pelicans and the Blazers are three and a half games back at the Grizzlies. But also, it's it's not like it, it would be a challenge for them to make the playoffs over the Grizzlies. So I think that the NHL, they would probably have to play a couple games as opposed to the NBA, maybe. What do you think of the level of fairness? I know in the NHL, they're waiting until every, every facilities, every team's city is clear for them to open their facilities. What do you feel about, in the NBA, how they're letting some NBA faci- teams' facilities open earlier than others? So, I was, I was actually thinking about this for a little bit. Yeah, they're opening some facilities, but I feel like things are good. The Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons came out a couple of days ago that they were still going to practice. I would imagine that a lot of the practice facilities might be closed, but they still could be letting in people in over the course of the day, maybe a couple people to get a workout in or get a physical or something like that. So I don't think it's really unfair because I think that they're sort of bending the rules a little bit. So I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that like the Lakers are opening their practice facility tomorrow. So players can I thought they were opening it next week. No, I heard May 8th was their date they were going to open. Or maybe it was okay. another team. There are a couple teams opening May 8th. There are a few more yeah. teams opening May 16th. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to say is, like, they're getting valuable practice time. Because this is basically like an off-season almost. 100%. Like, these but guys, do you not think that LeBron's getting workouts in? Like, or Anthony Davis? Like, they live in L.A. Well, they're getting, they're getting workouts in, but that's also just because LeBron's spent so much on himself. So, like, he's got state-of-the-art gym at home. He's got a basketball court at home. Like, he's able to get his reps up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tatum, who said he never invested in a net because it's so cold in Boston and usually he would just go to the facility, like, those guys aren't going to be able to... Like, I feel like you're giving a competitive advantage to, A, teams that are in warmer climates, and B... Yeah, what are the, rap, what are the raps going to do? I don't know. It's it's all it's all just a, it's just, it's all just a weird situation. Like nothing like this has happened before. So like everyone's just like trying to get so, by. Like so let me ask, let me ask you this as a, as a diehard Raptors fan. Let's say this is completely hypothetical. It's basically everything that we're talking about is is hypothetical. Let's say that the playoffs start in a couple of months. We'll say that they start in in late August, early September, and you guys get lined up with Brooklyn. Oh, we lose. That's what it is oh, right now. we lose. Would so what do you would you be concerned? Like do you what do you think the how do you think that would go? Look. Like Kevin Durant would be back. They'd have Kyrie as well. 
Kevin Durant is the second best player in the NBA when healthy. Agreed. Well, well, we, you, don't, you well we don't know yet what he's going to be. Who's the best player? Come on. LeBron? Yes. Okay, I don't know. I thought maybe you thought Kawhi. No, Kawhi's definitely up there, but, like, Kawhi had a great season. But, man, LeBron, LeBron, well, LeBron didn't shock me this year. LeBron shocked you. He did. He, uh, he did. He's playing way better than I thought he was going to play. And it's like, impressive. Look, I think we'd still make a series out of it. I would probably say Brooklyn and six. Yeah, that'd be cr- that'd be nuts. That I can't think of a worse a worse possible scenario for the Raptors. But I don't. Are we matched up with Brooklyn right now? Yeah, we are. Because Orlando yeah. has the Orlando has the eighth seed. That would be the worst thing ever. Uh, yeah, that. Just they can make a title run. Realistically, yeah, because like that's a that's a duo that's like look, Kyrie's gonna be able to play second fiddle again, and I think that's gonna do wonders for him because he's not gonna have the he's not gonna have the pressure of leading. Mm-hmm. And they've got and they've got a really good group around them. Two, yeah, no, like two, like Dinwiddie and Lavert are so good. Yeah, and they have Jared Allen, who's pretty good. And he's people good forget, and people forget they have DeAndre Jordan too. Who's still oh, yeah. use, who's still useful? They've got no. They're good. They've got, I think I think that they would. I I think the Raptors are better than Boston. They're, they're similar. If they can beat the Raptors, they can beat the Celtics. They can, and then they would end up against the Bucks. And then I don't know about that, but here's the thing: it would be a very it would be a weird lineup. Actually, I don't think it would be a weird lineup because we're trying to think who would cover who, but I think they'd keep their same lineup. I think they'd start, like, Tori and Prince at the four to cover Giannis. Oh, yeah. Nobody can guard that guy. Because, look, when Durant got injured, Durant improved his defense immensely. But after an injury like this, you debate their quickness and ability to shuffle on the defensive end. I agree with you. I don't think Durant's ever going to be as good on D as he once was. I don't know how his lateral movements are going to be, or his first step or whatever. The only thing is he's just a lights-out shooter. Like yeah, that's He will be good for a long time because he can shoot the lights out. No, absolutely, do you, absolutely. Do you remember when the Raptors were playing them before he blew out his Achilles? He, he scored, like, he all started, their points, He started right? the game yeah, five yeah. for five. I remember, no, we were, we, we were watching the game together, and I looked at you, and I'm like, this is trouble. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this isn't good. Like, remember, he comes, he comes back, and he's just shooting the lights out every time he gets it. <sighs> I don't want to talk about that game. <laughs> it was so oh, no. the worst literally the worst coaching decision ever by Nick Nurse Kawhi goes on an 11-0 run by himself and Nick Nurse is like let's let the Warriors recuperate when they only had one timeout left with four minutes left to go in the game we could have finished them but we're getting off I topic remember. but we're getting off topic yeah okay yeah so I think we both have a pretty uniform opinion gonna be very difficult to get a season back going again i think they have to start right in the playoffs are you worried about like lebron per se like if he doesn't get this year he's going into next year he's going to be 36 years old 
I'm just really upset because I thought they were going to win the title. Yeah. They're the front runners right now. You didn't think they were going to win the title. You thought the Clippers were still going to win the title. I didn't. I They're the front runners right now. I think that, yeah, now I've changed my mind a little bit from what I said at the beginning. I don't know if I for sure think the Lakers are going to win. I think it's it would, no matter what, it would go seven. It would just come down to who would come through at the end. Kawhi's also an assassin. Look, what I'm thinking is, like, they just don't have anyone that can neutralize AD. Trez isn't that great of a defender. Like, yeah, no, there's like one guy in the league that can cover AD. That's Giannis. I think, yeah, and, and it's the same. It goes. This, I don't even know if AD can cover Giannis though. But like they're like the they're two like the two only guys that like can match up like somewhat against each other. Yeah. And that would yeah. and you would have to ask yourself if they were to play in a series. Would AD guard Giannis or would LeBron guard Giannis? I, I like I think they would start with LeBron on Giannis. I don't know. We'd have to see with his mileage and everything. I guess I'm you don't even like you or just think that he can just run forever. And I guess we looked at this year and he just has been able to just do it all. And now he just he, look. It's terrible that he doesn't get to stay in his rhythm, but he's getting even more rest now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I they they were in a rhythm. It could go either way for them. It's probably nice for LeBron there to take a break. It's probably also good for the Clippers to get a break though. Oh, the Clippers need a the Clippers need a break more than anyone. Like, yeah, everyone's always injured on that team. Yeah, yeah. And Paul George, like, Paul George's gosh. health is a bigger question mark than I thought it was. Like, yeah. Yeah, and Kawhi is really injury prone. I'm telling you from watching. Do you want to transfer over to the to the MJ docs a little bit now? Well, I want to. Talk, I still want to talk about what we think's going on for next year. Like when, like, like first of oh, all, yeah. like concrete. When do you think a potential playoff or a potential end to the regular season would happen? And how do you think that should carry over into the next year? Okay, so. I think best case scenario for the league, they probably can get it going at the end of the summer with no fans, obviously. Maybe late August, early September is what I think. And if I were, this is what I would do if I were them. And I understand that the NBA was looking at changing the season as a whole, as uh, like when it starts and starting it on Christmas and then just doing it like that and it going throughout the summer. I don't love the idea. I understand that they want to do it because a lot of their games clash with the NFL schedule so they can get more games on Sunday, Sunday nights, Thursday nights, all that stuff. I know that during the pro bowl, the NFL stacks that Sunday, those Sundays. And that's like the only Sunday that they get for the winter because of football. But I still think that they would do better if they stick to the season. So what you could do is if you end the playoffs, let's say sometime in October, and then you get, November and December and most of October off, and then you start the season in the new year, you play a shortened season, and you just go until June like you normally do, and then restart at the beginning in 2021. That's what I think would be best for them. Okay, see, I really like the idea of having the first games for the NBA be Christmas Day. I just think Christmas Day always had that glitz and the glamour, and everyone always wants to play it on the NBA and Christmas uh, on Christmas Day. And the best games and really good games always happen on the opening day of the season. Like, if Zion was ready, 
Raptors versus Pelicans would have been a crazy game. And then you also had Lakers Clippers to open the season last year. And you would have, and instead of two games, you would have five games on Christmas Day to open the season. Bam, basketball's back, and it's exciting stuff. I think, I think they could potentially start playoffs because you need about a month and a half to two months. I honestly think you start at the beginning of August and at the end of September. So that way you have two and a half months off. And then you start, and then you start the preseason mid December or early December, so that you're ready for the Christmas Day start to the games. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But do you not think that the ratings, obviously the ratings would be through the roof if they started on Christmas Day. But do you not think that the ratings would take a hit in the summer because people are they're going away? You know, kids. Well, are like, people are people going away this year? It's not. It's not only this year. I'm just saying that if they stick to that schedule for the no, 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 no. I still think it should be a shortened season next year. They go December. They go. They go. Oh, you do. They go Christmas to end of April, and maybe they go one or two weeks deeper than they usually. Okay, yeah. Maybe to no. I think maybe to the end of June instead. No, I think that's a great idea. That's what they should do. Because my question is, is how are they? I don't know if they're going to be able to start in December. That's the only thing. But I agree with you. And then hockey, I think hockey works a little differently. I honestly don't know how. Well, I mean, it's gonna. I think it, I think it'll follow a similar trajectory. But they'll start their first their first game next year should be the Winter Classic, just an outdoor yeah, that'd game. That'd be fine. I think that the NHL is going to have a lot more trouble. Because, you know, Disney, if you put everyone in Disney, like, they have the capacity, they have courts, they have all this stuff. It's a lot harder with, like, the rinks and, like, getting all the trainers there and the teams are bigger. Like, there are a lot more hurdles in this. And they, and they do have to play the rest uh, part of the regular season for sure. Because it's just not fair to some teams if you go look at the standings. So I think that it would be more of a challenge for the NHL, for sure. Okay, and lastly fans when are fans coming back for hockey and basketball and when are fans coming back for football me personally i don't think we're seeing fans for any of the games next year in football i have to agree with you i don't think we're gonna see fans for a lot longer than that because how can you how can you bring fans to a game if there's no vaccine well, I'm going off the instinct right now. Well, not instinct. Going off the research that anywhere between like January and March next year there would be a vaccine. I think it would be sick for the first game with fans to be the playoffs. Yeah, that would be fantastic if they were able to get that would have, done like that. Because a, it would just be awesome to have fans back. But can you imagine all the balled up emotion to be back in an arena? It would be amazing. It would honestly it's be, gonna be it's gonna be amazing when people are allowed. It would back be into, it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming to the athletes. Mm-hmm. For I think it just depends on when a vaccine comes in. No, it's all it's all dependent on a vaccine. Mm-hmm. For sure, or maybe they could maybe they could get like crafty with it, like for they take up like you see every like three seats or something like that, 
and like you have to wear a mask and gloves in there and they take up only like a third of the spots or a quarter of the seats or teams, so just, social give, distancing. Or teams just give everyone their uh their like a colored hazmat suit for your team yeah. <laughs> for your team's color <laughs> Yeah, you have to. They give you it at the door instead of like like the towels or whatever. <laughs> instead of like, like instead of the T-shirt with the weird pictures <laughs> on. Like, yeah, yeah, like a full like like yeah, like Drake Night Twenty Twenty OVO colored hazmat suits. Like, yeah. <laughs> they can get crafty. They could they could do some stuff. No, for sure they will. Yeah, look, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be a weird next 10 months ish kind of or even a year but everyone's eventually gonna get through it you know as long as we get sports back soon <laughs> like, yeah. i don't, I don't know. even I'm kind of, i mean like you and i we've both been all we've been doing is watching old sporting events <laughs> like yeah, I, I was watching all. i was watching the oh wait you were also we were watching the 87 cup finals yeah, we were, I've watched so many throwback games, but that was a good one. That well, Oilers team was super good with Messier, Paul Coffey, and Gretzky. I knew, I obviously know Gretzky's like the goat, but like he was literally the goat on every shift. It was yeah, he, he just makes plays. It was crazy. Can you believe how much, how much, like how much worse the hockey was back then? Yeah, a how much worse it, it was. strike you? B how much easier it was to score because the goalies are just so much smaller. Like, every mm-hmm. shot was just a clapper from the point, like... Yeah, and now people don't take slap shots. I know. Defensemen take, like to take, like, snap shots or wrist shots on the ice. I know, well, it's just, like, now the only way to beat goaltenders is uh, from the point is you gotta get a deflection. Rarely yeah. any shots just go straight in from the point now. Unless you're ripping them from the point, Z. Oh, yeah, of course, me and my... <laughs> 20 mile an hour shot like <laughs> 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 what also what also amazed me about those games is like they, they were out there for like two minute shifts at a time yeah it's now, completely different game. now it's it, now, it's, now it's up down get your ass off the ice like yeah yeah it's like 30 40 seconds now you're off the ice crazy speaking Absolutely of breaks to make transitions amazing I like that. Yeah. Um, MJ Doc. I mean, we're, we're, we're a little late. We said we were going to review each one or each set of two. They've now been six. Yeah. Better late than never, though. Better late than ever, though. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. I just so want to ask you a question. I just want to ask you a question off the bat because there were a lot of people who were arguing this. And I think that. Obviously, we weren't there to watch it, but I'm curious to hear your opinion on it. So, after watching a lot of the game film, like we all, you obviously watched a lot of classics, but watching like the game film then, the contact, how aggressive it was, do you think that, like, do, do you think that it was harder to play back then, or do you think that it's harder to play now? I think it depends. I think it was hard. It's very different because. The way we guard superstars now is we double team. The way we guarded the way they guarded superstars back in the nineties and eighties is they punched them whenever they tried to drive the basket. <laughs> like if you actually watch a game start to end, the defense is more challenging now because they allow more free movement on the defensive end. It was a lot tougher. 
it, what's it called? It was a lot tougher back then based on the brute strength and just the viciousness these guys played with in the paint. But I actually think with analytics and defensive schematics being so advanced now, the defense is actually better now than it was then. It was just, I think it's just tough. It was tougher to be a superstar because they wanted to actually make you feel pain in the 80s and 90s. So you think MJ would score more points now or then? Or the I same? Think, I think MJ would score more points now because his game's more inside-centric when defenses are now more focused on the perimeter. I think Michael Jordan would have, since like people are willing to give up that in-between shot now, Jordan would have just kept on hitting those in-between shots. I'm not saying he would have averaged 50, 60 points a game like his like uh, no. like his business partner said, but you know, towards the higher scoring averages in his career, I don't think he would set a new career high. Actually, maybe he would score 40 points a game. I could see. Yeah, no, that would be, that'd be crazy. Look, if Harden can score, if Harden can score 36 points a game now, there's no reason why Michael Jordan can't score 41 points. I agree with you. The thing that I find interesting is what you were saying before is in that little mid-range game, there's a lot more pocket now. Like There's more space. Defenders don't guard it because they want to take away the three ball or they want to take away the more high-quality shot closer to the net. And I think that when you watch game film and you watch someone, a great example would be Kawhi throughout the playoffs last year, he was getting a lot of good looks from the mid-range. And he didn't so miss. I do, and he didn't, yeah, he didn't miss. He was, he was unstoppable. So I, I think that when you when if MJ was playing today, he would obviously change his game a little bit and shoot more threes, but he would he would have great looks from the mid range like every single time. He would have great looks. Look, he would so I just I can't imagine he, how he would, he would be shooting a way score. better percentage than the percentage he shot back in the I like he he shot like he was hovering between forty four and forty six percent usually mm-hmm. from the field. Yeah. 48 to 50 would be him now, probably. I also think that, like, the, the 90s was, was weaker, especially the mid-late 90s. But the 80s was... You can argue that it's the best decade of basketball, I think. Like, well, yeah, like, you had oh, the Showtime Lakers, you had those Celtics teams, uh, the Bad Boys. Like, there were a lot of good teams out there. Yeah, they had Larry. It was either Larry Bird, the Bad Boys, or, or like Magic, who also had Kareem, and like they like Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish. Well, didn't like James Worthy, Magic Kareem. Didn't only three teams win rings in the eighties? I think Philadelphia won one in the early eighties. I'm pretty sure they may have won in '82 or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Let me see. But, no, but, like, but yeah, they won once, one other team. But when you go and look at it, like, those teams were insanely good. Like, everyone's like, oh, MJ didn't win in the 80s. He needed Scotty. He needed Phil. But, like, the, the Bulls were not good in the in, in, in the 80s, basically. Like, they drafted Scotty Pepper and Horace Grant in 87. It took them a bit of time to develop. Like, that MJ was look, not you, good in the if 80s. You think about the traject- if you think about the trajectory of NBA players, we say – Year four is when they should become their own. What was year four for Scotty and Horace Grant? 1990-1991. The first Bulls mm-hmm. championship. And then, yeah, after, like, and then after that, it wasn't even close. Yeah. 
No, I so I just looked Philadelphia one in eighty three once. That was right before they drafted Chuck. So they had I'm pretty sure that team had Dr. J and Moses Malone. Or was Moses Chuck Malone on that team? Pardon? I said it's a shame Chuck didn't win a ring. I know. Sad. Couldn't get by MJ. They came close. But, yeah, no, they did. They did. Ninety three. But anyways, I don't like the notion that like MJ couldn't get it done. Like LeBron's like obviously LeBron's a better all around player, but like MJ just couldn't carry that team back then. Like those are like the Lakers, Pistons, and and Celtics are three of the best teams of all time in that era. Like I don't I I don't think we should like look at at him as being any worse because he couldn't get by them. No, absolutely, and like. You and I, we have the same opinion. We say LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time, but Michael Jordan is the greatest because he had, A, the competitive drive no one else has ever had. When his team needed him to get something done, he was always the guy to get it done. And I think people don't give him enough credit, but, you know, he had a lot of faith in his teammates. And I know we hear stories of him you know, like, there was a story that came out today, like, if Horace Grant played like crap, you know, he told the stewardesses on the team playing, like, don't feed him, he doesn't deserve to eat, like, <laughs> which is one of the more creative methods of motivation I've heard, but, like, Michael, no, like, he, I, got, he got stuff done, like, yeah, I completely agree with you, if you're looking at someone who, who's done the most, or can do the most. I would say that LeBron is probably the most all-around basketball player of all time. And he's done it for such a long period of time. His longevity is absolutely insane. It's matched only by a couple of players. The only ones that really come to mind to me are, like, Kareem and, like, Karl Malone. And, like, they didn't do the same things that LeBron did. LeBron just does all this stuff. Well, they, were both, they were both very post-dominant players. Yeah, it's a very different, exactly. kind, it's a very different kind of game. Exactly. So I... I do, like LeBron could do the most. He has the most amount of abilities in this game. But at the end of the day, MJ's drive was just absolutely insane, and that's what I think puts him as the best basketball player I of really, all time. What I really like about this doll is for people who grew up and for people who grew up watching Michael Jordan, this is kind of just like a new take on basically your favorite athlete. Because if you watch Jordan. Jordan was, like, your favorite guy ever. Like, he was, he was the shit. But for us, people who watch, people who, start, who started watching basketball late 2000s through the 2010s, it's a learning experience. And, like, we always know, we always knew, like, Michael Jordan was this amazing basketball player who's the greatest of all time, but we never knew the extent that he went to in practice. We never knew the true nature of his drive like we learned in episode one from his college times. Like, he comes in, challenges James Worthy, loses two weeks. He, like, two weeks later, he's the best player on the team by a mile. Like, his ability to improve so fast. And then also, just, like, the difficulties of having to deal with fame. Like, Michael Jordan was the most famous person on the planet in the 90s. Not even close, based on what I've seen. Yeah. He was like, in the late 90s, he was like basically doing what we're doing right now. Stuck in the hotel room, not doing anything. Just quarantining and playing basketball. Like, was. He was like, like, one of the quotes that like speaks to me more, like, 
um, from the series is like when Michael says everybody wants to be Michael Jordan for a day or Michael Jordan for a week. Try being Michael Jordan for a year and see how it is. And like, you can understand how someone like that would lose love for the game when they're constantly a whenever they go somewhere or basketball related, they are they have to go in front of fifty different reporters answering a million different questions, all of them either about him or the status of the organization, which he didn't like talking about. And whenever you go outside, you are like the most recognizable person in America. And when you went overseas to Europe, you were the most recognizable person in the world. So what's your take on that? Like, obviously, like, it was meant to be spun off in the way that you kind of feel for him a little bit. But, you know, were you like, you know what, like, this guy's the best possible player of all time. Like, if he has to, it's kind of a trade off. Like, you get all this money and all this fame or whatever, and you have to deal with some shit sometimes. Like, were you kind of thinking about it like that? Or like, you know what, like, it really sucks what this guy had to deal with when he was at the peak well, of his think, fame. I just think athletes didn't have the same kind of protection they have now. Like, LeBron's got a private security team with him everywhere he goes. And, like, mm-hmm. MJ, whenever he went places, had, like, some members of team security. But, like, he didn't have, like, a whole entourage protecting him. He had, like, a couple people leading the way for him. LeBron's got a team to make sure, like, no one's getting up in his face. Meanwhile, everyone's just running up to Michael. you got to feel for him in that sense. But I agree. There is some level of a trade-off. I mean, you wanted to ascend to this level. You wanted people to perceive you in this way. And, you know, it worked. How do you feel LeBron – how do you, like, how do you feel LeBron is right now? Like, do you think he's like, oh, this is sick – I'm loving this doc, but you think he's like, wow, like this is a real shot to my claim to the throne. I think he likes watching it just because LeBron's a basketball fan, first and foremost. I, th- I mean, like, he's probably got mixed reviews on it. Yeah, that would make sense. It's probably hurting. It's probably hurting his image a little bit. Look, probably a bit, and it makes you question the competitive drive, I guess, of LeBron. Like, is he working as hard as Michael worked? Like, that's a big yeah. part of it, and he did it. I I know. I think that LeBron had things come a little bit easier to him, not in terms well, of how he grew up, well, here's but the thing. in terms Michael, of the, Michael the was always Michael was always a gifted athlete, but didn't really show true talent for the game of basketball until later in high school. LeBron was like, from middle school onwards, he was like the greatest pro- the greatest prospect like ever since Michael. Yeah, I was, um, and also like a thing is like with MJ, he couldn't be like he couldn't get by the Pistons like they were hitting him too much. His body couldn't handle it, so he's like, you know what, I'm gonna work out like a ton, and I'm just gonna get bigger and be able to deal with it. Like he had to grind for that, and he had to like realize that he just like has all these abilities, but he needs a little more. And like when you look at LeBron. He's just, like, the biggest dude of all time. Like, well, every people, time people he's on... forget, like, when he went to Miami, he was still pretty lanky. He Look, he wasn't... Sorry, lanky, lanky's the wrong word. But Miami's got one of the best strength and conditioning teams, if not the best strength and conditioning team in the NBA. And, like, they put weight on him. Like, he got... Like, he was big in Cleveland. He was huge in Miami. Yeah, he was. I think he's even bigger now. Every time he's on the floor, he looks like he's like the biggest well, dude I think out he's there. Just, I think he's getting leaner, honestly. 
I think he got leaner than last year because I I don't know what happened to him last year. Like I just remember he looked a bit bigger. Well, I was watching with with Broad another shout out. Shout out Broad. My opinion is like it's the first time he had a you know pretty major injury that caused him to miss a bunch of games and that probably was a shot to his mental state. He's like, oh my god, I thought I was a superhero. Like I know. I, I think he came, I remember I was watching a Broadkin's house, shout out Broadkin, once more. We were watching, and he looked a bit big at the beginning of the year. Like, he looked like he was a little heavier. He looked a lot, a lot better this year when he was coming, like, more toned. Yeah, more, but like, like, for me, what I think it was, is I think it was a shot to his, he was like, oh my god, Father Time's catching up to me. I gotta put in the work, I gotta, you know, solidify my legacy. And I thought, and I told this to you at the start of the year, I'm like, I think LeBron's trying to make his psyche think that he's becoming younger. I mean, he started the season wearing the headband. He brought back the headband at the start of the year. He started doing the powder toss again, which he hadn't done since, like, year his year one of, like, I love his, the second trip to, of his second trip to Cleveland. Like, I love the powder toss. I wish they, I wish he would always do that. And I, I remember I was, I was listening to this thing about MJ, and it was like a 25-minute video I was watching on YouTube of his personal trainer that he worked with for all those years. And it wasn't only MJ, like, working out in his body and having this drive. Like, he used to do mind games. Him and his trainer would watch the film from the night before, see what moves he was doing more consistently. So he was putting a lot more force on certain joints and muscles in his body. So the next day, he would work out on the muscles and joints he didn't use as much to make sure that he didn't hurt things that he was using a lot the night before to give his body time to recover. Like he put all you know all this extra work to take care of his body and to strengthen his mind. And, like, all this stuff that he put in. And, you know, maybe LeBron does that. I have no idea. I'm sure that there are people that help him with LeBron's sponsored by Calm now. So, LeBron LeBron takes a lot of time for his (laughs) mental health. That's one of my – that is one of the strangest commercials right now. It's just just LeBron in a room, just, like, eyes closed like he's sleeping in full garb. And it's just, like, the mind is the biggest muscle on the body. The greatest, kills me. the greatest perfected their body, but the greatest <laughs> need to also perfect their mind. <laughs> it's like, calm, help you sleep better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. But I think it's a true testament to MJ, just like so far ahead of his time working on all that stuff. I think it's very impressive. I've also learned from this doc that Dennis Rodman is just the most fucked up human being. Yeah, he did some he did some crazy shit. Hold on, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something to you that I saw on Facebook today. I just I thought it was I thought it was like one of the like one of the funniest things ever. Um, it's like, coach, I need a break. No, 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 it's, not, it's not that. It's like an, it's it's just like about like how Dennis Rodman lived like an epic life. Like I'm I'm gonna try and find it. Like it's it's like he first of all like he he like it had to do with. He basically asked for a vacation for basketball, like married Carmen Electra, booked a private flight so he could go somewhere and bang Madonna. Like, <laughs> let me just say something about Carmen Electra. Did you see her in the dock? Yes. I I think she looks good. She does. Doesn't look like she's aged. She. I, that was one thing I took away from that dock. I, I, That's I the one she... thing you took away from the dock. 
other than the sports aspect of the dog, she aged well. Okay. That's one thing I'll say. I also think MJ aged well. He did. He's a good-looking... I don't know what's going on with his eyes, but other than that, he did age well. Looks bear-fried. Um, yeah. He does look fried all the time. No, but so does Alvin Gentry. Like, we pointed that out at the start of the year, that Alvin Gentry, maybe, eyes are just always bloodshot red. <laughs> maybe it's a condition. Yeah, I don't want to laugh about it, because I don't know. Like... Yeah, you know, we were just kidding, but it could be. Honestly, the person who's aged the least is Scotty. He looks good. Scotty looks the same. He looks good. He just, you know, now he just now has hair on the sides of his head. Like mid fifties, yeah, he's fifty-four. He looks good for a fifty-four-year-old. And what MJ's? MJ's born in sixty-three, I think. So he's fifty-seven. Yeah, he's born in sixty-three. He just turned fifty-seven. Him and Charles Barkley are like four or five days apart. Two of the best basketball players of all time born a couple days apart in southern eastern United States. Which is kind of cool. Just a quick nice, fact. Nice, nice little tidbit there. Just a quick fact to throw in with the throw into the pod. Okay, you think right. any any closing thoughts on anything? No, just everyone stay safe. Talk ball, hit me or Zach up. We're always open to chat. And that's it. We forgot our Insta page password, so preferably message us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. What's our the Easy Sports Podcast? At the Easy Sports Podcast, we forgot the password. If any of you know how to hack Instagram accounts, please hack ours and figure out our password. Shout out Dyson. <laughs> All right. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll catch you on the uh, on the flip side. <laughs>